0: How's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in for episode two of this week. Um, hope everyone's staying safe and healthy and I hope all your family is staying safe and healthy. Um, today we're going to be talking about who I think the top ten athletes currently today are. I'm also going to be talking about um, the impact of the Olympics being postponed till next year. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, winter athletes and um, why I think they should be given another year of eligibility just like the spring sport athletes did this year. Um, so starting it off, going into my top 10 athletes today, um, I'm just going to go through the 10 athletes. There's no particular order. All these athletes are really great. Um, obviously, this list is always debatable. I did a little bit based on you know, what they've accomplished through their career, but I've also taken into account what they're doing today. Who has the biggest impact on their sport overall, and like certain players who have kind of changed the game or modeled the game uh, today? Um, you know, I'll start off with a guy like Steph Curry, who I have on this list. Um, Steph really changed the game. You know, back in the early '80s and '90s, it was more bully ball with Shaq, guys like Amari Stoudemire back to the basket, um, Dwight Howard, guys like that, Andrew Bynum getting into the paint, big man ball, where now it's kind of um, modernized to more of a shooting uh, style of play where a lot more threes and jump shots are being taken than the typical get your big man the ball on the post, turn your head to the basket, go up and get fouled, try to get an and one and whatnot. But um, I think when you think about the NBA across the entire world, you know Steph Curry is always one of the first names thought about just because he really did change the game. excuse me. He's the greatest shooter of all time. He does things on a basketball court that not many other people can do from a shooting perspective. Um, I think him and LeBron are kind of battling back and forth for who's really the face of the NBA. I think a lot of people will lead more towards LeBron just because of um, he's the more prototypical type NBA player. and He's been doing it for so long. And he is always in the conversation for greatest of all time where Steph's a point guard, a little bit smaller. Um, People don't really like that Kevin Durant joined him on the Warriors, and it kind of takes away from, I think, people liking him as a player. I also think Steph relates to a lot of people just because he kind of is the underdog story, you know. Goes to a mid-major college like Davidson, um, didn't get a lot of big offers, especially from the places where he's from in North Carolina, like the Duke, UNC's of the world. Um, and he went deep run in the NCAA tournament. Then he led the nation in scoring his sophomore season before declaring for the draft. Um, he didn't start off easy or didn't start off well for him on the Warriors um, in his early days when he was playing with Monte Ellis, David Lee, guys like that. And then once they got Clay and Draymond, Harrison Barnes really started building it up and were able to win their first title, And then ultimately getting joined by Kevin Durant to win two more. Um, But I definitely think Steph is one of the top 10 athletes today. And then going right off of that, I'll just go to the other NBA player I've been this, which I mentioned before, LeBron James. Um, I think he's kind of widely recognized as the greatest um, athlete today as far as the United States goes. Um, Just his impact not only on the court but off court with his I Promise School, um, his voice, on social and political issues. Um, he's just been one of the most dominant athletes of the past decade. Um, your, people are always debating whether it's LeBron or Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time, throwing guys like Kobe, Kareem in that conversation as well. Um, but just the things he's done in the NBA are incredible. You know, winning Cleveland, its first NBA title, getting to see him really transcend the... He almost started the big three era as far as guys joining up. I know Boston had, you know, KG, um, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Rondo. But when LeBron went to Miami and um, played with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, that was just something that the NBA really hadn't seen in a long time as far as having that level of caliber. But there's no disrespect to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and those guys, but Wade, Bosh, and LeBron was on a different level than they were. But in um, the level he continues to play at, at his age now um, is something to behold. And, you know, I still think he's got four or five years left in him, potentially even until his son, Bronny, joins the NBA um, eventually. And I still think LeBron wants to win a few more titles for the city of Los Angeles, especially after Kobe's death. Um, and I think he is, without a doubt, one of the top ten athletes today. Um, Next, the youngest guy probably on this list um. Patrick Mahomes, uh, second youngest QB ever to win a Super Bowl, once MVP the first season um, as a starting quarterback. He's the only player in NFL history to have both 50 touchdowns in the pros and 50 touchdowns in a college um, season. And in a way, I feel like he's almost starting to change the game kind of like Curry did, you know. I think it's widely known that the NFL is more of a passing game now when before it was more ground and pound there are still some teams that do the ground and pound you look at like the tennessee titans you know with derrick henry for a while even though atlanta threw the ball a ton they had freeman and coleman um you know the bills run the ball up between allen singletary and gore last year you know lamar jackson and mark ingram um, guys like that but what patrick mahomes is doing with His arm, like passing the no look passes, throwing it with his left hand, Um, just his pure arm talent. Um, You know, like guys like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, the electric type arm. I mean, the only person in the NFL that can probably even compete with him as far as throwing a ball distance wise is probably Josh Allen of the Bills. And he just does things on a football field that you haven't seen in a long time. And I think he's. Transcending the game to even more of a pass happy offense. I mean, they rarely ran the ball um, in the playoffs. I know Damon Williams had a good playoff run, but um, he's definitely going to be the face of the NFL going forward. Um, he almost got the torch passed to him with another guy having this list in Tom Brady. Um, you know, Tom Brady, another kind of underdog story, six round pick for Michigan. And the reason I say he kind of is passing the torch to Mahomes is now that he's left New England, you can tell that it's going to be kind of his last hurrah. He's probably got two, three years left in him. And you could kind of see it last year. I know the Patriots um, went on to the Super Bowl and whatnot and beat the Rams. But if it wasn't for the Chiefs defensive end jumping offside, then that interception counted, like the Patriots wouldn't even have been there. And you could kind of just see in that game the back and forth with Mahomes and Brady. And it was taking everything the Patriots had to hold off how or the young and up-and-coming Patrick Mahomes. And I think everyone knows that if you want to get through the AFC now, it runs through Mahomes. So I see it kind of a passing a torch in that way because Brady's dominated for so long. Um, You know, I'm a Bills fan. I've had to deal with him for so long, but... To me, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time at the QB position. I know a lot of other people would argue Joe Montana. He's got three MVPs and six Super Bowl rings, which is the most all-time um, for quarterbacks. But, you know, you got to respect this game even if you don't really like him. I think I think that's a big thing in sports today is you may not like the player because of the team they play on or um, just because maybe you just don't like them in general. But I feel like a lot of people still respect him. Um, athletes uh, games even though they may not like him and I was never a Brady fan just because he was on the Patriots whatnot and still don't really love him even if he's on Tampa now but I've always respected how great of a quarterback he was and he's still I think one of the top athletes today just from the icon standpoint of um, when you talk about the NFL I know Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, um, Odell Beckham Jr. the young guys like that are being talked about more than these older guys like Brady, but you look at when Brady made that announcement for two weeks straight on ESPN, every channel. That's all they were talking about. Um, and part of that's because he has been in New England so long, but the other part of it is because of how great he was and still is. Um, next on the list, I have Usain Bolt. widely recognized as the greatest sprinter of all time. Um... He's the only sprinter to ever win gold medals in the 100 and 200 meter in three consecutive Olympics, um, world record holder in the 100 and 200. Um, and he just is one of the most dominant like athletes ever in his sport. Um, there's not many other people that you could argue is the greatest sprinter of all time. Um, what he's done for his country and just how he represents himself, um, at the Olympics and just in the track, um, In general, And, you know, his endorsing is another thing that he does really well. And I also didn't want to just on this list include like only the big four sports because there are a lot of other sports out there that, you know, myself or other people don't really talk about like bowling, you know, tennis, swimming, track and field, um, all those types of things. And I wanted to make sure I included some of those people on here. And you just can't leave Usain Bolt off it just because of how dominant he's been. Um, and still is. Um, the next one I have on this list is Simone Biles, another sport that I don't think people talk about enough. Things that gymnastic people do are incredible, the way they contort their body, um, and the amount of time and effort they have to put in um, to really hold their craft and whatnot. Um, she led the USA to 2016 gold medal at the Olympics. She has 30 Olympic and world championships, uh, medals already which is the most all-time by any American and third most time in the world um she was also huge on coming forward along with a lot of the other um women Olympic athletes specifically in gymnastics um with the whole Larry Nasser situation and um you know sexual assault and whatnot which is just terrible that someone would take advantage of athletes like that but um I think her coming forward speaks volume about her character uh, along with all the other gymnastic people that came forward as well and um she's just so young and still so talented she's battled a few injuries that she's come back from but um she really started to revolutionize USA gymnastics and I think a lot of people in gymnastics in general think she's going to be the best to ever do it if she's not already there um and, you know, I'm not huge in gymnastics, but watching her at the Olympics a few times it was just something really cool to watch. Um, next on the list, I have Lionel Messi. Um, it's really tough because you could have easily put in Ronaldo or Neymar on this list. I went with Messi um, just because, um, you know, Argentina's all-time leading scorer. I think he was more well-known than Ronaldo and Neymar were um, from the beginning. Um took his team to 2014 world cup final he's a six-time Ballon d'Or, or which is an mvp award a six-time golden shoe winner um holds so many records and has played his whole career with barcelona and just one of the greatest soccer players of all time super entertaining to watch um him and ronaldo going back and forth has always been one of the greatest rivalries um in sports in general and i just couldn't have him not on this list um, next, I have Serena Williams, 23 Grand Slams. I think she's widely known as the greatest woman tennis player ever. Um, she won a Grand Slam title while she was pregnant. Like, what other athlete could possibly do that? Um, Serena's one of the most dominant athletes in tennis history. I still think that she could beat some of the male on males on tour today. Um, you know, I love tennis, and I love Um, you know, Roger Federer and Nadal and all those guys. I don't enjoy women's tennis as much just because it's only best of three and not five, so they're shorter. I feel like the matches are more lopsided than the guys' matches are, but um, I'll turn on and watch a Serena Williams match any day. Um, Super entertaining. Um, The power behind her serve and how hard she works to, you know, perfect her craft. And, you know, she was dealing with a lot after um, she had her child and She's still coming back from it. You can tell she's not 100%, but the effort she still puts forth to try to um, play for the fans, even if it's not at 100%, is something that I admire. And, um, you know, I could have easily put more tennis people on here. I really wanted to put Feder and Nadal on here, but there's only 10 spots. Um, and same thing with Djokovic. I don't like Djokovic, but those three guys have been battling the past you know, 10, 15 years or so, and the only consistent men's players. Every once in a while, guys like Stan Vavrinka, Juan Martín Del Potro, Andy Murray, um, guys like that would win a Grand Slam every once in a while. But Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic have just dominated for so long, and I didn't think it was fair to put one on there over the other. Um, So I left them all off, but they definitely could all be on this list. And I know more about tennis than I do soccer. And that's why I only put Messi and not Ronaldo. But um, next on the list, I have Mike Trout. He's pretty much the face of baseball now. Um, I know he's not in the best market for baseball because the Angels haven't been good in a while. But they've added a lot of new pieces. He's still one of the best um, in the game, if not the best in the game right now. I think the biggest knock on Mike Trout is the lack of postseason appearances. But he's already been a three-time MVP. He's finished second excuse me, for MVP four times. And when it's all said and done, he could go down as the best to ever do it. The things he does on a baseball field as far as the center fielder, hitting, stealing bases, just the overall great athlete. Um, He's going to be in that conversation if he continues at the pace he is when it's all said and done. And I think the biggest thing for him is once he can get into the postseason and potentially win a World Series is when he'll get in that conversation. Um, if he doesn't, I feel like it's be a little bit harder. But the skill set is there that he could go down as one of the best all time. He's definitely one of the top ten athletes in today's game. And then last on the list um, for hockey, I went with Alex Ovechkin just because he has a chance to do something that I don't think anyone thought would ever happen in breaking Gretzky's all time goal record. Um, he just got over 700 this year. Gretzky's at 894. Um, Ovechkin still doesn't look like he's slowing down despite his age. And If he continues to play at the pace he does and getting 40, 50-goal seasons, um, I think he's going to be able to do it. Um, he's an eight-time Maurice Richard Trophy winner, uh, Stanley Cup champion, three-time Hart Trophy winner. Um, and you could easily put guys like Crosby on this list over him, but... I just think Ovechkin's overall impact for his team is greater than um, Crosby's, just because I think the Penguins have been a more well-run organization. He's had more superstars or more talented players to play with compared to Ovechkin. And for a while, Ovechkin could never get over the hump of Crosby in the playoffs, but he finally did. And it's almost like the times of turn The Capitals have been the uh, team to beat for the past four or five years in the Eastern Conference, along with the Bruins. But Alex Ovechkin's impact on hockey um, is just tremendous, especially coming over from um, Russia and whatnot, and then coming into the NHL, um, his impact has been second to none. And those are the 10 athletes I have, but obviously all subject to change. But just quick rundown, LeBron James, Serena Williams, Patrick Mahomes, Mike Trout, Steph Curry, Usain Bolt, Simone Biles, Lionel Messi, Alex Ovechkin, and Tom Brady were the 10 I went with. Um, Still so many other great athletes out there really missing sports right now Um, but they'll all be back soon. Um, Now I want to talk a little bit about the Olympics being postponed to 2021 because of the coronavirus. Um, You know it's devastating for a lot of those athletes and um, you know, just doing some research on this and looking at, you know, what the athletes have been saying about it, um, I do love that I'd say about 95% of the stuff I've read from, specifically from the athletes, um, they're all understanding of the situation and they're saying they're willing to wait the year out and that people's lives are more important and there's a greater thing going on in the world. Um, and you just love to see things like that because you know, they could go the complete opposite way and, you know, be super pissed and think it's BS. And a lot of people really wouldn't question them because these athletes spend four to eight years training for the Olympics. Like, this is their whole lives. Like, people get up and go to work from, you know, nine to five or eight to five, whatever it is, spend their 40 to 50 hours work week um, doing certain jobs. These athletes are out there Working 40, 60 hours a week just training for a one time event. And if you don't finish in that top three and get a medal, it's almost you almost feel like I know some athletes would say it's almost a waste because they train for so long to win, you know, a gold, silver, bronze medal. I know some people, you know, wanna just be in it and being in the Olympics is just a pride in itself. But you know, the amount of training that you put into us is just incredible. And it's the first time that the Olympics have been canceled outside of the reason of like a war. You know, the Olympics got canceled in 1916, 1940, and 1944 because there were world wars going on. And this is kind of the first time we've seen something like this because of the coronavirus. But the financial and economic impact is just going to be catastrophic for some, you know, countries and places holding it. You know, I've taken a lot of classes at Cortland Sport Management, um, being a sport management major, and talking about the financial impact of the Olympics and whatnot. And the host cities, you know, they expect that revenue coming in to really bump up the city back financially. And if they don't have it, like, you spent so much money to prepare for the Olympics and get sponsors and advertisements and get the building set like there were there's some places in olympic history that they really shouldn't have been holding the olympics because they weren't financially ready as an economy and they still did it i know anyway just because of holding the olympics is such a great thing and they went out and built stadiums for the olympics and then like they aren't ever used again like it's crazy to think about and Um, Just looking at the numbers and stuff, it's an estimate between 13 to $25 billion in cost, which is a huge financial impact. And then all the sponsors and broadcasters that they were supposed to have, like that money, you have to figure all of that out. And even next year, um, hopefully when all this blows over and we can get a vaccine or hopefully this goes away, um, we don't really know right now, but... The coronavirus concern could be for next year just too, just because of international travel. You're gonna have millions and billions of people attending the event, and if this is still going on, you don't want that many people in one area and for this to spread again. So um it's truly just devastating for the whole world as a whole. But um hopefully this is gonna end soon and uh we'll have the Olympics back next year. It's one of the greatest events um in the world to watch every couple or every four years and um hopefully we'll get back to the normal or the new normal soon. And then finally I just want to talk briefly um about the winter sport athletes. Um, you know, the NSA just came out with a ruling that sprig Sport athletes for this year are going to be um rewarded another year of eligibility, which I completely agree with because none of those athletes got to compete this year because of coronavirus. Most colleges have gone to online for the rest of the year and hopes that in the fall it's going to start over. And I do understand um, why they didn't grant the winter athletes another year, even though I kind of disagree with it. Um, You know, these athletes spend four to five years um, going into their senior year to try to win, you know, a national championship or compete in the NCAA tournament whatever it may be. And there are a lot of athletes that just want to say that they got to play a division three, two II, and one sport, um, for four years at a college. But, and even though it's a very slight number of people that are going to go, um, professionally into sports, you know, their draft stock and, um, you know, just getting looked at by professional teams is greatly affected by them not playing on the biggest stages. And, you know, I think with giving the spring sport athletes another year, you almost begged it for why they didn't give winter ones um, another year. And I do get it from the standpoint of a lot of them did get to play most of their senior season, but not being able to like finish out your career is just something that any athlete could tell you is um, just something you want to do. You know, even if you just offer them another year, but you don't have, or you don't give them the option. Um, as far as they have to pay for their own living expenses. Um, Maybe you reduce their scholarship or something just to give them that opportunity. And you can make it optional. Obviously, not every athlete can financially go back and finish out their year. And I do understand it also. um, It can hurt recruiting because of potential freshmen coming in that maybe wouldn't have committed to certain schools if they knew some of these star athletes are to come back for another year so they could play it out. Um, I do hope that maybe in the summer or something, some of the NCAA-bound teams, maybe they can do March Madness, Um, they can compete for the winter sport athletes that, you know, whether it's the Frozen Four, whatever it may be, um, I just think it really sucks that these winter athlete kids in college aren't going to be able to finish out their senior years and um, do what they love and potentially go out as a champion. And, you know, it sucks for the high school athletes, too, that aren't going to be able to compete during their spring seasons for their senior year. Like, that's hurting a lot of them recruiting-wise um, and looking at schools and whatnot. Um, this coronavirus stuff really just does suck. And, obviously, it's a bigger effect than sports. You know, it's affecting a lot of health care people. And we appreciate all the people that are staying away from their families to stay in the hospitals and work. And those people definitely shouldn't go unnoticed. Um and sports isn't the only thing being affected, but, you know, I'm just talking about sports right now, and it's definitely being affected a very vast amount because of this. But um, it'll all get back to normal soon, hopefully, like I said before, and hopefully the Olympics will get back to normal, and um, these winter athletes, hopefully it doesn't affect their draft stock and, you know, their life too much, and hopefully they'll be able to, you know, maybe the NCAA can give all the teams that made the tournament, you know, um recognition or give them a ring or some sort or whatnot or recognize them but yeah that's going to do it for today's episode um next week i'm going to be switching to a tuesday saturday schedule um on tuesday i'm going to be talking about um the top 10 games in bills and sabers history that i've either watched or gotten to go to in person and then i'm also going to be going over um 2020, uh, offseason for the Sabres kind of go over their current cap situation who they have as restricted and unrestricted free agents and potential buyout moves trades free agents they could sign and whatnot but thank you all for tuning in hope you all enjoy the rest of your weekend stay inside stay safe and um, stay healthy and I'll see you guys on Tuesday thanks everyone